Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built on. In the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word In Jesus mighty name we pray Alright, so we are continuing our discussion around the subject of wisdom Okay, we talked about on Wednesday Wisdom as the principal thing Which means wisdom is the most important thing that we should get And I think for me particularly we looked at the life of Solomon And if you look at our prayer request today That's what we pray about Either for God to give us the life of our enemies Or to give us money Or to give us long life Am I right? Are you here or are you going home? Okay So At the end of the day The Lord said to Solomon Because you did not ask for any of this And you asked for wisdom I'll give you all the other things. So we established the importance of wisdom. Now, if your wisdom level does not increase, you will produce the same results. Right? If your wisdom level does not increase in a given year, you'll produce the same results. People produce results based on the level of wisdom they're functioning in. You need to pay attention to this. Most times, when we look at our lives, it seems like, oh God, why me? Oh God, why? You know, someone wrote me today, and I really loved it. I mean, wrote me from Uganda. And says, I've been blessed by your messages. He said, you came to our church, and you made a statement. And that statement was what got a hold of me today. And, it, uh, to, you know, to start listening to you and listening to your messages. And he said, you're preaching to us, and you said, life is hard. Get used to it. Seek the wisdom of God and overcome it. And that's the truth. You know, sometimes we want to look at life from, you know, we have this illusion about life. Alright? Challenges will come. Tough times will come. You, you have to overcome. That's why you're an overcomer. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you don't just collapse like a pack of cards when challenges come. But most times in the life of Christians, what we find out is the wisdom dimension. And if you don't have my book on wealth and increase... Get that book and read it again. If you've read it before, read it again. Because the truth in that book has the ability to, to liberate you. We talk about relationship, understanding how relationships are managed. We talked about frugality. We talked about hard work. These are things that would set your life to the next level. Now, today we want to look at the sharpened axe. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. Very interesting passage of scripture. And um, as we examine it, I pray that the light of God's word will come forth. You see, there's something about the scriptures. No portion of scripture is wasted. Okay? No portion, every portion of scripture contains certain truths, certain level of truths that help you. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, the New American Standard Bible says, If the axe is dull and he doesn't sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. Wisdom, look at this next line. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. Think about that. Now, everybody, if, if, if we all sit here and you say, What do you want to become in life? Or how do you want to end up your life? Everybody's going to say, I want to be successful. Am I right? Come on, am I right? Everybody's going to say, I want to be successful. Or you don't want to be successful. I mean, do you think there's anybody who stands up and just says, Father, I want to thank you. 
I really want you to make me a failure. I know there is no God like you. Does anybody pray that way? Nobody prays that way. But the scripture says that what will give you the advantage of success is wisdom. What will give you the advantage of success is wisdom. It says, if the axe is dull and he doesn't sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. So it means that if I want success, what I should go for is what? I didn't hear you. What should I go for? Wisdom. Now, New Living Translation. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So, sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you to succeed. Okay. Amplified. If the axe is dull and he doesn't sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. That's the Amplified. If the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. The Good News Translation. If your axe is dull and you don't sharpen it, you have to work harder to use it. It is smarter to plan ahead. I like that line. It is smarter to plan ahead. Okay. You know, we grew up in a culture that does everything quickly. Alright? That's why we've never won the World Cup. How many of you watch football here? At least national football. Hmm? Nigerian football. Super Eagles. Right? Yeah, many people don't watch. Because you know the outcome of the match before the play. Right? You know, that's why we never win the World Cup. Because we only practice for the World Cup. We only come to camp three weeks to the World Cup. And there was a particular World Cup where they forgot our jerseys. You remember that? Hmm? Or one coach will qualify us. Then another coach will take us two weeks to the World Cup. And then on his way back, they will sack him. Do you understand? There's, there's no plan. <laughs> are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, it might look interesting, but that's how some people's life are. They make very rash decisions without planning. They can just get up, change locations. Get up, change subject. Just once their emotions are on a high, they make plans. They don't think of the future. And that's not wisdom. But let's read on. I like the message translation. I don't usually use it, but I have to use it for this one. It says, remember, the duller the axe, the harder the work. Use your head. The more brains, the less muscle. The more brains, the less muscle. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, same chapter 10, verse 15. Look at this, verse 15. The toy of a fool so wearies him that he does not even know how to go into a city. The, the, the Amplified says, The labor of a fool so wearies him because he is ignorant. That he doesn't even know how to go into the city. Now, a story is told, and I believe maybe they took it from this particular verse of scripture, but then they made it a motivational story. They said there were two men that went to cut uh, trees, and they had ten hours to cut the trees. And then, uh, from the first 
time they gave them the job, one started cutting the tree. One started cutting the tree. And then the other one sat down and was sharpening his axe. And the one that started cutting called out to his fellow and said, Why are you not working? Alright? Let's cut. You're wasting time. And that other one said, Well, I'm sharpening my axe. He sharpened his axe for about three hours thereabout. And in two hours, he cut the tree. So he spent three, so in five hours, he was done. And the other guy who started cutting from <laughs> the word go after 10 hours was not still done. What was the difference between them? One had a sharpened axe and one's axe wasn't sharpened. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10 paints the picture of many people's life to us. They exert a lot of strength. They go to work morning, evening, morning, evening. You can see the strength being exerted but you cannot point to meaningful progress. The strength is exerted. They, they are engaging life. They want to go ahead. They want to make it. They want to be successful. But you cannot see the progress because verse 15 calls it the labor of the foolish. The Bible says, in all labor there is profit, but not the labor of the foolish. What's the labor of the foolish? The labor of the foolish is the labor of the ignorant man. And that's why some people will work their whole life and at the end of their life there's nothing to show for it. Why? Because there was no sharpened axe. So I said, the, a sharpened axe is called the labor of the foolish and it wearies everyone. If you're their husband or their wife or their children, if you're around them, it will weary you because you can see them exert energy. Praise God. So, one of the things you must learn to, to, to get in life is getting the wisdom to go ahead, to make progress, to make productive progress. To make productive progress. Now, many people exert strength in life but achieve very little. Most times it's not due to curses or spiritual forces, but what Solomon referred to here as and or sharpened axe. Getting wisdom is actually, listen carefully to this, sharpening your axe for your assignment. Getting wisdom is sharpening your axe for your assignment. Getting wisdom is sharpening your axe for your what? Assignment. It says, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen it, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe will help him succeed with less effort. To sharpen your axe is before you get to work is wisdom. To get yourself ready before you launch out is wisdom. You know, I sit with many people sometimes and they're like, oh, pastor, I want to do business. Oh, I just want to do business. And you put money into their hands, they don't excel in the business. Why? Because their axe is not sharpened. They exert more strength. Money is wasted. Time is wasted. Look at this. Let's look at the life of Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 46. Let's look at how Jesus went about ministry. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Praise God. I said praise God. Alright. Luke chapter 2 verse 46. You remember this story, right? They went to the temple, the feast in Jerusalem, and Jesus got missing. So they began to look for him. He was 12 years old. Almost becoming a teenager. They're looking for him. Verse 45. When they did not found him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they were searching for Jesus for three days, looking for him. <laughs> they found him in the temple. Sitting in the midst of the teachers. Look at, look at this. Both doing what? Both doing what? 
listening to what? To them and, and doing what? Asking them what? Questions. What was Jesus doing? He was sharpening his axe. He was getting ready for ministry. He sat with the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the temple, listening and asking questions. Come on, how many of you think, you know, he went on to say, should I not be after my father's business? How many of you think if you know that you're the savior of the world at age 12, you listen to anybody? Would you listen to anybody? No, you wouldn't. I mean, if your mother said, come and watch the plates, it's like, for real? Forget the fact that you gave birth to me. I'm your creator. Have you not read? <laughs> How many people got calls into ministry and they launch out without asking questions? Ten years down the line, ministry is still on the same spot. You know, people think that ministry is just preaching, right? Just preaching. Or selling anointing oil. Some people don't have the idea of what goes on behind the scene in ministry. Same thing with people. How many people get into marriage, don't read marriage books? No idea. Before myself and my wife got married, they were required books I gave her to read. They were books we read together. You know, myself and my wife were opposites. Most times you'll, you'll attract somebody who is opposite you. Okay, so I'm the outgoing type. I'm the one who does all the talking. She's the quiet type. She's the one behind the scene and all that. And we read a book, Opposite Attract, by Tim Lahai. Helped us to understand our temperament. Helped us to... You know, I remember one funny incident. We're going... I think we're going to see our parents. You know, and I was talking and talking and talking in the car and talking. We're, in, we're sitting in front together. Talking, talking. After a while, like I asked you, are you here or you're going home? I felt quietness. I looked, she was sleeping. <laughs> I could not understand why. Do you understand? Different personalities. But probably if we haven't gotten that knowledge, it will be a problem. Many people want... You know, that's how people even lose their money. They want to engage in things they don't want to learn. They don't want to sharpen the axe. They don't want to prepare. You want to get married. You're not studying on marriage. You're not studying on things that are required. And then you jump. You're married and no clue what to do. Praise God. You want to start a church. You want to start a ministry. You don't spend time to study. You want to start a business. You don't read any business book. You, in your mind, you just know that once I bring the goose, I buy it for five naira. I will sell for, for six naira. I will make one naira. They're like that. I remember one time we asked a young man who was in a business in town. And we asked him, you always ask him, he'll bring stuff for you. I, we now asked him, who covers your transport? He says, yeah, I do it myself. And you realize that just by covering his transport to come and deliver to you, he's, he's taken out of his profit. Did not calculate it. No sharpened act. Much strength. You will be frustrated in life if you do not apply wisdom. You don't have to... I mean, you know I teach hard work, alright? But sometimes it's not just about hard work. Hmm? You know, like, people like, Ah, oh, man, I work hard. I only sleep two hours a night. Man is work. Man is work. You will die. Your body needs rest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this. The labor of a fool makes him so weary because he doesn't know how to go into the city. It's like this is the door to the city. The man is walking around and walking around and walking around and walking around. He doesn't know how. Have you ever been lost and someone came to show you the direction? I know you won't agree that you've been lost before. But I know you've been lost. And then maybe, it's, then maybe you go and ask, I mean, especially with the village scene. I like the village scene. You now go and ask an old woman. Ah, 
Where is this? I'm looking for this person's house. They now call a very small boy. You know all those small children in the village? <laughs> you know, in your, in your beaded gang swag level, you would expect that at least somebody mature to come and lead you. But you don't know the way. Or have you gone to some villages to preach or some places to preach and then you get a bike man? Huh? Have you had that experience? And then you put a bike man in front to lead you. And here you are driving your BMW 7 Series, tinted glass, but you don't know the way. So the fact that you are in a big car doesn't mean you will not be lost. The fact that you are earning so well now doesn't mean you will not be poor. Hmm? If you don't sharpen your axe. If you don't invest. So Jesus took time to sit with the Pharisees. Why? He was getting ready for ministry. He was preparing himself. He was sharpening himself. Let's look at something again in the life of Jesus. Luke chapter 4. Let's look at verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. So Jesus had a custom of going to the synagogue. You know, for instance, if you come to this church right now, and you take up, uh, and you come to this church, right, and you pick up the Bible, and you're reading, come on, we will assume you've been a member of this church. Right? Hello? Do you think anybody would just come on a Sunday and because we think it's Jesus, we'll just give him the Bible to read? No, the Bible says it was his custom. So the day Jesus read this and says, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears, that was not the first day he started reading. He has been coming to church and has been reading. What was Jesus doing? Preparing himself. Sometimes in this part of our world, we don't like preparation. We want it now. You know, even if you tell somebody, come and intern or come and volunteer, what are they going to ask you? What do you think they are going to ask you? Or what are you going to ask? How much? We don't volunteer for free here. That's why there is no volunteering culture here. Even if we all agree we are volunteering, somebody will be asking behind. Not true. You know, we just assume that somebody has taken the money somewhere. Say, hey, that's that day we just say we should volunteer. We just be volunteering. And meanwhile, meanwhile, people will not be honest. And they say we are all Christians. Because we, we, for us here, it's money. Even if you send a little child, you know, in those days you grew up in a compound, you have people around, you want to buy something, you send a child money, you send a child something, he'll come back, give you the change and everything. Right now, they'll give you the stuff and hold the change. <laughs> Where is the change? It's, ah, Gemma, Gemma. What he's trying to say is that I'm not going to run all those around for free. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't sharpen our axe. If you start a business right now and you bring your brother somewhere to manage the business, and you need to be careful of that. Huh? You need to be careful of that. You know your brother will step into that business. Without understanding the business, he becomes boss. He can just come to the office and carry his leg on the table and start reading newspaper. See why they say it's my brother's business. That means his, his authority to lead is because you share the same blood. So we don't allow our family and the rights of leadership. And I tell you, that's the number one thing that destroys this country. Because once you have somebody leading, then all his townsmen and all his kinsmen are going to come around him. And what are they going to appeal to? They are not going to appeal to merits. They are going to appeal to tribalism. Am I right? That's why if you walk into a place, you know, and you just know the person speaks social language, you will just forget English and enter the language. You just want to gain unnecessary advantage. I don't have anything against languages, but that's one of the things that really put me off in our nation when it comes to speaking our language. Because we don't use it as a means of cultural deepening. We use it rather as a means of what? Of separation. That's the truth. And you can even find it in a local church. All the Yoruba people will just gather. All the Igbo people will just gather. And before they know, say, we are, we are understanding them in this church. It's, it's not clear yet, but I'm watching. 
that, and that's the truth. I mean, and some of you have seen, sometimes I walk into you and you are speaking that I say, use English. It's not because I hate languages. But here, we don't use languages to build and to foster culture. What do we use language for? Separation. But how did we get into language? This is not a geography class. <laughs> you know, I did social studies. Nigeria has 320 ethnic languages. 320. We've got major ones. But you know, out of those major ones, they are splitters. Hmm? All about 320. <laughs> but we don't believe in sharpening the axe. And unfortunately, even Christians have carried that mentality into the Christian faith. They don't believe in working. They just want God to favor them. And you will hear, God will give you something you did not qualify for. So this is my... This is my Perfect example. People will use Joseph. So let me ask you very candidly, in your study of Joseph, did Joseph not qualify to be the Prime Minister of Egypt? Absolutely. You know what the king said? He said, there is no one in my region as wise, as discreet, as understanding that you are. Nobody. You know where the favor of God came in? It was unfair for the citizen of another nation to become a prime minister in another nation. That's where the favor of God came in. The favor of God did not come in his competence. Esther. People say, ah, Esther! Favor! She just entered! The king just saw her. The king just chose her. No. She was prepared like other maidens for six months. The eunuch gave her extra oil. Mordecai told her, don't reveal where you came from. Don't say. She was under the mentorship of Mordecai. What was the favor? She was in another nation. She wasn't qualified to be the king's wife. You see, the, the, the favor of God will change certain things in your favor. It will not change competence. You do bad work, you expect favor. You do chair for us, we sit down. We are, we are falling on the floor. You still expect us to give you another chair to do. You sow a shirt for someone, they'll return it six times. Say, ah, this shirt is big. Reduce it. Then you reduce it. They say, ah, the shirt is small. Increase it. Then you increase it. They say, madam, the shirt is extra big. I mean, you take measurements, it doesn't add up. And you're like, this year is my year. Yeah, it's your year that you will lose customers. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to tell ourselves the truth in scripture. The Bible from Genesis to Revelation never promotes mediocrity. If you want to be successful, you have to be good enough for it. Be the best at your job. Be the best at what you do. Don't expect to be at the top and you have the habits of those who are at the bottom. You can't have downward habits and have an upward life. Christianity doesn't teach that. So Jesus spent time sharpening his axe. Go to Mark chapter 1. Are you learning something this evening? Somebody going to become better. Better at what you do. Mark chapter 1. Matthew, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Verse 32. Look at the life of Jesus. Mark 1, 32. When evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. But we don't do that today. We want the demons to tell others who we are. You know how we do things opposite of the way Jesus did things? He, he makes sure the demons didn't speak. But now, even if the demons are quiet, we want them to say. So when you entered here, what did you see? Demons say, I saw fire. Fire in which person's head? Which person's head did you see fire? He said, in the man of God's head. Say, say it again, the man of God's head. Say it again, let them hear, the man of God's head. If you are looking for a demon to endorse your call, something is wrong. Did you hear what I said? I said, if you are looking for a demon to endorse your call, something is wrong. Paul says, I'm an apostle after the will of Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1. In fact, when that demon was crying after Paul, um, Paul and saying, um, listen, these are servants of God, listen to them. What, what did Paul do? Tribute. 
Just rebuked. I mean, if it was today, demons are crying after us. Say, these are servants of God. Listen to them. Say, I'm not the one saying it. Say, tell them. Tell them. Put, put the camera on them. Zoom it on them. Because we're looking for popularity when we shouldn't. This whole thing about ministry is not about us. It's about Jesus and His kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Alright. Where were we? Mark chapter 1 verse 34. 5 now. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Why was, what was Jesus doing? He was sharpening his axe because he's going to minister to people again. He was sharpening his axe. Listen, for the child of God, prayer is sharpening your axe. Some of you rush out of your house in the morning without praying. Ecclesiastes 10.10 So you use your whole energy for the whole day. Your whole energy for the whole day. You don't get victory instructions from God. You see, God can absolutely tell you what's going to happen in your day. God can give you directions on what to do. God can give you directions on who to call. God can give you direction on what to do at the right time. But no, we will not listen. Early in the morning, we, even if we are praying, we are brushing and praying. No time. Look at Jesus. After this heavy ministry, Jesus is just going to say, Amen. We cast out many demons today. Let me sleep, Peter. Let me sleep. Let me sleep. No. Get up early in the morning. Sharpening his axe. Simon and his companions searched for him and they found him and they said, Everyone is looking for you. He said to them, Let us go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also for that is what I came for. Can you see that by sharpening his axe, Jesus had 100% success. He knew exactly what the Father wanted him to do. Praise the name of the Lord. Planning is sharpening your axe. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10. Right? The good news translation. If your axe is dull and you don't sharpen it, you have to work harder to use it. It is smarter to plan ahead. It is smarter. You know, you know the excitement we should got into 2021? This is the year. Nothing is... Oh man, I tell you this year is six days already. And if you check a lot of people's lifestyle habits, it's still a carryover of 2020. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you told yourself, I'm going to wake up early this morning and pray? 2021 will not take my prayer life, will be strong. It's six days. Prayer life has not moved an inch. Am I right? How many of you still find yourself struggling with things you struggled with last year? Procrastination. How many of you said you are going to read one book a week? You know, tomorrow we'll make it one week. Have you started the book yet? Come on. I'm going to say, this, this, this year I'm going to save. <laughs> First one week, you don't have a budget yet. Am I right? You know that's 2020 carryover, right? And we have all the perfect excuses. I've not settled into the year. Not settled. So I've, not, I've not settled. I'm just looking at the year. I want to know it to settle. The year is looking at you too. Come on, how many of you have not settled? <laughs> hey, come on now. How many of you have not settled into the year? Huh? How many of you are still waking up from Christmas holiday? So like Monday, Monday, it's Monday, final. <laughs> okay, so all right. <laughs> Planning is sharpening your axe. Take time to plan. Take out days to plan. December is going to come. Hmm? Your rent is going to expire. Plan now. You're pregnant. In nine months, you will give birth. Plan now. That's sharpening your axe. You have a child. It's going to go to school. You will eat. You will transport. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? The time spent in planning is what? You're sharpening your axe before execution. Don't rush into execution. You see, life is very, very tricky if you don't take it by the word of God. Look at this. Let me show you. Let me read a story. Jerry Savell. I love Jerry Savell. This book, uh, In the Footsteps of a Prophet, page 54. Just listen to this. I'm going to read straight from the book, okay? So I photocopied it so I won't take the whole book here. So I'll read this to you. This was when God called him into ministry. Look at what he said. I was hungry for God. 
I sat there at the desk listening to those tapes over and over again. Somebody gave him the tape of Brother Copeland. Every message became a revelation to me. I couldn't get enough. I had never had anything to affect my life like this. Our second daughter, Terry Lee, was born September 1969. Shortly after Terry was born, I shut down my business. I studied the word just like it was my job. Listen to this. I knew how devoted I was to my job. So I spent 8, 10, 12, 17 hours a day studying those seven tapes. So he got seven tapes of Brother Copeland and he spent almost 10 hours, 12 hours every day studying those tapes. I moved into that bedroom like it was my place of business and spent no less than 8 hours a day in the Word. The Lord told Brother Jerry, if you spend 8 hours a day in the Word, I'll make a preacher out of you. Spend 8 hours a day in the Word. I came out at noon, had lunch with the family, went back in there at 1 o'clock, came out at 5, had dinner with the family, played with my daughters, they went to bed, I went right back into that bedroom, listened to those tapes, and studied until I would fall asleep. Those tapes became my university. I couldn't get enough information. I was hungry for God. I was hungry for knowledge. And I had a quest to live by faith, like Brother Copeland talked about on those tapes. I wanted to preach more than I wanted to do anything else. And I just believed that if it would work for Brother Copeland, it would work for me. I dissected those 40 messages until I had outlines on every one of them. I listened to them until it until it was no longer just Kenneth Copeland's revelation, but it became Jerry Savile's revelation. I did that for three solid months. I totally immersed myself in those messages, and at the end of those three months, I came out of the bedroom with the fire of God in my eyes, the word of God in my heart, the power of God in my hands, and I was ready to preach. Three months, studying the word, eight, twelve, seventeen hours every day before he launched out into the ministry. What was he doing at that time? Come on, what was he doing at that time? Sharpening his axe. How many people do you know who are called into ministry don't have the patience to listen to one message? They just want to preach. And then they preach, come on now, they preach for 20 years, and then you hear things like that minister used to reign. Fire is exhausted. When brother... Uh, when Brother Jerry Savelle was doing 50th year anniversary in ministry, you know what he said? He said the Lord told him to shut down his meetings and follow Brother Copeland everywhere he was preaching and serve with Brother Copeland for the whole one year. This guy finished serving with Brother Copeland. Lord started into his own ministry. 50 years down the line, he took out time to spend one year again with Brother Copeland just to sharpen his axe. I mean, you know I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I'll give you pastoral examples. In business, it's the same thing. Do you know why our brothers from the East, they do well in business than all of us? Yeah? You know why? You don't know. Why do you think they do well? Why do you think... But do you agree that they do well, whether you like them or not? Do you agree that they do well? Hmm? They would have a boy. The boy would serve. Hmm? You know, when that boy is serving, we are the ones that encourage them. Uh-uh, how old are you? Some 30 something. Uh-uh. Start now. No. The guy can be 40. He will serve like a boy. He tell you, you are serving for seven years. And after that, I will establish you. What are they doing? Sharpening the axe. You know, here we don't serve like that. You know. Especially us from this side of the map. With some inherent pride. By the time your brother calls you home and says, Just stay with me one year, after two months, I have been observing the wife. To give somebody food. When I first came, it was three pieces of meat. But I'm studying the thing, I'm studying it, I'm studying it. The meat is reducing. Then you just come and say, You see what? Just give me the money. I will not ask you again. And what happens? At the end of the day, you realize that we don't transfer businesses. We don't, we don't increase. Praise God. Amen. So, if you don't understand that thing of interning, that thing of learning, what's going to happen? You will not be able to excel.
Don't be in a hurry to make money. Learn. On the study. Sharpen your axe. Why don't you just tell someone, can I study under you? That's what mentorship is. Mentorship is learning. It's sharpening your axe. It's not as if you can't preach. It's not as if you can't do these things. Why don't you plan? Going to school is what? Sharpening your axe. Getting proper education. You know a lot of people, they'll just hear motivation and Bill Gates dropped out of school. Then they cut their education. Hmm? As if Bill Gates dropped out of River State University of Science and Technology. Alright? They just make 100,000 and say, Ah, I've understood. Who's school help? And then they drop out. Ten years down the line, they want to employ you. You're unemployable. You'll now be going to mountains, from mountains to mountains with oil, with everything. You want God to break through for you. Do you realize that people are asking God for things they don't have the capacity to handle? Ask, ask some of you a very simple question. Like we said, this is wisdom class. I ask some of you a very simple question on Sunday. How many of you can tell me in clear terms how much came into your life last year? How much you spent? How much you invested? How much you gave? In figures. Not small money enter. I give small out. No, small is not an amount. In exact figures. You have no clue. Yes! You want to become a billionaire. In calories. No, no idea. Because we live in a culture that does not promote stewardship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, if anybody comes and asks you for something and you tell them, can you work for this thing or do something and I'll pay you. Say, ah, you want to use somebody to, to sleep. God has blessed you for us. You are now making it look like, what is it? You know, there, there's something around us that we need to deal with. It's the pride of the poor. We need to deal with that. The sense of entitlement. The sense of leeching on one another. I mean, we would bless people. We would help people. But you must understand ultimately that there's something called responsibility of sharpening your axe. You want to go into a business, spend some time to learn, spend some time to study under someone, know exactly the terms of that, and do what? And go into it fully, knowing that you are going to do what? You're going to succeed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you need to go back to school, humble yourself and go back to school. Don't try to go back to school and maintain a high life. Say, my mates are not students. By now, my mates are driving cars. If it's just because I want to get this certificate, that's why I came to school. I'm not your people's mate. He's talking to his classmates. And then exam time, he doesn't know. Then he's now, he's now hitting them to show him. <laughs> You know, we had one guy in school like that. He used to work, so he came in for, I don't know whether it's a part-time program or something. He has to give all the lecturers money. We just drive in and do all this. You know all the stuff they do. You know, so one day he came to me in class. He said, I should show him something. I said, I'm not showing you. Ah, he said, look, <laughs> what's the problem? I said, I'm not showing you. He said, ah, that he's going to give me money. I said, no, it's not that I don't need money. It's just that I, I'm not showing you. You can go and ask someone else. Because for me, it was this attitude of, yeah, I have money, and then I can get whatever I want. And for me, that would not fly. Our school then, Delta State University, we used to read under the streetlights. Sometimes light is not in town. So we would literally sit under the streetlights on the campus, put our leg inside the gutter. There was no water flowing in the gutter. And sit there and read. Sometimes we read throughout the night. I didn't go through all of that reading. So you will come to class the next day and give me 1,000. Then I will show you what I read. It will not work. You either go and bribe the lecturer straight or you fail. Or you join me and then we read. You know, this thing of trying to pick people from situations without process doesn't help them. You know what you do? Constantly, you will keep picking them. And you, you've got to get my heart here. I'm not saying don't help people. 
But there is a procedure about if a man wants to be effective in life, he must learn the art of doing what? Sharpening his axe. And he must not see that time that he's wasting time. That's, that's the biggest thing. Don't see it like you're wasting time. Are, are you following this? You know, it's like when we study medicine, right? Medicine and engineering and some of those courses. You know, people like us that read educational courses. Under three and a half years, we are done. Right? We just go to school. Education. Lesson note. Curriculum. Bim. Which is actually wrong. I think teachers should be properly... Teachers should spend longer time in school. Because then they come, you know, and they don't... Yeah, whatever. But you know, a doctor will spend six years. Right? And go and do housemanship. And go and do whatever they do. And after seven years, they now say doctor. Doctor so-so-and-so. Doctor Maxwell. And then let's say that Sister Mary learned education. And then Maxwell learned medicine. Right. You know that if, if, if your teacher tells you that the capital of Lagos, the capital of Nigeria is Lagos. If he tells you that today, the capital of, of Nigeria is Lagos. It's Abuja. I know some of you still think it's Lagos. but It's Abuja, right? Now, you know it is not disastrous to your destiny. Do you know that? It's not really disastrous to your destiny. Like, yeah, I mean, if it's Lagos, if it's Abuja, it doesn't do anything. Imagine that a doctor, someone is sick with malaria, and now looks at it and says, ah, the way I'm seeing you <laughs> is toothache. And now gives you medicine for toothache. Do you know that's disastrous, right? You know people have died out of wrong diagnosis, Right? So do you see that if you're going to spend time to do things that are weighty, you can't afford to make mistakes. So let's take that whole life. How do you want to build your life? Do you want to build it in such a way that in one day you've planned your life, you're done. No more contact with God, no more prayer, nothing. It's okay. Whatever goes on in your life is fine. Or you want to be patient enough to build because you know you're building a great life. Would you want to spend time to sharpen your art? Would you want to go to school and study properly, not just for the certificate? Right? You know, when we... How many of you watched this thing going on where they asked... Um, what's that now? University students on the day of their graduation, who is the head of the campus? Right? How many of you watched it? Right? And he said the vice-chancellor. And then they asked them to spell vice-chancellor. Did, did you see the spelling? Four years. Can't spell Chancellor. Four years. And then, these are the same people that would say, there are no jobs in this country. Oh, Father, let my helper find me. With wrong spelling. I don't know how we got here. But we need to tell ourselves the truth. That if we want credibility in this life, there is nowhere in the scriptures for mediocrity. You've got to sharpen your axe. Because how you sharpen your axe will determine if you're going to use more strength in your life. If your life is going to be about just hustling and hustling and hustling and hustling, you've got to sit back and ask yourself, is there productivity in this direction? Now, let's look at this. Now. Preparation time is not wasted time. That's what Pastor Hagen said, son of Kennedy Hagen. Are you prepared enough for what you want to achieve in life? Reading and getting educated are sharpening your arts. Most young people are in a hurry to make money, hurry to be rich without the wisdom of management and stewardship. Example is the prodigal son. He didn't know how to manage money. He just told his father, give me what belongs to me. Give it to me. It's been proven all over that people who win um, lottery and all of those things, they are back to square one. Because they don't understand management. Improve your skill. Take time off to study. Take time to prepare. You're single. You want to get married. Take time to understand how the home works. Spend some time with your sister who's got kids. And, you know, I'm not saying practice with, with, with their children, but just... just. <laughs> Alright? Raise some kids. You're going to have your own kid. Alright? And they give you a baby. And in two minutes, you're like, oh yeah, where's your child? <laughs> or the child throws something at you. And you're almost running out. You know, when you have your own child, there'll be nobody there to 
I mean, people are going to be around you, but ultimately you're going to stay with the child. Slend, sharpen your axe by learning how to cook. Even if you have the money to eat out all the time, it's not every time you want to eat out. I mean, <laughs> it could be locked down. I say, only let's go as, yeah, there's lockdown, 31 days. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? You're a man. Before we, before we got married, I read a couple of books about women's body. Okay? Every woman. Just understands how a woman's bodies work. Understand their temperament. Understand sometimes they would not just be in the mood. Praise God. Those times, those are, ask yourself, what did I do? What did I say? What did happen? Who beat you? Who cursed you? Just be at peace. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Know when your wife is getting into a menopause so you don't put pressure on her. Say you are not like we, we were when, we, when this marriage was five years old. No. She can't be that way. Know that a woman will always be conscious of her body. So you need to be careful when you use words on her body. Learn these things. You might not find them from Genesis to Revelation. The Spirit of God might lead you to some things. But learn. Praise the name of the Lord. You've got to learn these things. Study about children. Learn. Sharpen your axe. So get it ready. You want to pastor a church, learn about organization, learn about financing, learn about systems, learn about management. The wisdom of God is available and it will lead you to the right sources. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't learn from the streets. Because a lot of born again believers. Learn about sex from watching pornography. And that's a problem. That's not sharpening your axe. That is dulling it. Because you cannot bring into your marriage what people are doing to earn money. That's, that's, that won't work. So what you married, you married a human being and you want them to be a porn star. That's not sharpening your axe. That's destroying your marriage. You got to learn from the right source. Prepare. Get books. Read. Ask questions. Jesus was asking people questions. Ask questions. Humble yourself to learn. Why? Because wisdom is justified by her children. Praise God. Now look at this. Sharpening the ass can be the difference between hard work and diligence. Are you learning anything tonight? Alright. Efficiency and effectiveness. This is also a good representation for our lives. The acts represent the tools we have to produce results in our lives. And sharpening of the acts represents... Uh, sharpening of the acts... The acts represent the tools we have to produce results in our lives. And sharpening of the acts represents how effective we use those tools. For example, time is a valuable asset each one of us has within our grasp. But if we're not able to manage it well, that can be the difference between controlling our plans in life and firefighting the obstacles life presents. We can sharpen our acts in four main areas. I'll do this in five minutes and we're done. Number one, spiritually. How do you sharpen your acts spiritually? By prayer. Spend time to pray. Studying the word of God and meditation. So, listen, listen to me. The time you st- spend praying, you are not wasting your time. The time you spend coming for wisdom classes, you are not doing what? You are not wasting your time. You are sharpening your axe. Do you think you have learned something tonight that can make your life better? You are sharpening your axe. You just sharpened your axe. So, the one hour, the two hours you spend in the presence of God, don't see it like, I am going to church, so pastor will not call me. No, you're coming to church so you can sharpen your axe, so you can get better at what God has called you to do. Number two, mental. You've got to sharpen your mental axe. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your mental axe. I mean, this is funny, right? Like, you go to church, you go home and you say, what did your pastor preach today? He says, sharpening your axe. Luke 2.52 Can we read that quickly? We'll be done in 5 minutes Can we read that quickly? Luke 2.52 It says Jesus Kept increasing in wisdom And stature And in favor with God And favor with what? 
with men. So we see the four dimensions of his life. And that's what I'm dealing with. Spiritually, prayer, studying of the word, and meditation will sharpen your spiritual act. You know, if you pray in the spirit long enough, the Holy Ghost will put impressions in your heart. You will know who to call, who to talk to, who, when to do this. I mean, you just have impressions and get it done. What are you doing? Sharpening your acts. Mental. Reading. Reading. Have books to read. How many of you have a list of books to read this month? Let me see your hands. No, this one you're going to raise your hands. How many of you have books, books to read this month? What? <laughs> What's happening? Those of you who don't have books to read. You know what? Okay, if you don't have any book to read this month, raise your hand. You, you, okay, you, you can read. You can read, but you did not plan to read this month. Raise your hand. You can read. Let's be, let's be sure. Raise, come on, raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. This is your pastor speaking. Raise your hand. <laughs> okay. Okay, you can read, but you didn't plan to read this month. Okay, stand. Don't worry, it's fine. It's, this is family. Stand. Don't worry, stand. All of you stand. All those who have books, but you didn't plan to read, stand. 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 Don't worry, stand righteously. Okay, awesome. I, I know there are more people who are not standing. Don't, don't lie in the presence of the Most High God. Okay, so you know what will happen? All of you that have stood now, four of you, hmm? when we close, you follow me to the bookshop. Okay? I'm going to pick one book for you. You will pay. Alright? You will read, and then I'll review it with you. Is that fine? So there are only four people. Alright. Okay, let's go. So, you've got to have books you want to read. Okay? Then, you've got to plan. Planning is what? Sharpening your acts. You've got to plan your day. You've got to plan your month. The days will go by. The month will go by. Are you following this? Hello? So you've got to plan your day. Organize your time. Organize your time. What are you going to use your time for? What are you doing when you're planning? You're sharpening your act so that when you get into the day, you know what to execute. And I'm doing that a lot more now. I have my daily task. So when I get to the office, I know what I'm executing. If not, you can just be on one thing that is not really based on your assignment and it takes all your time. Now, physically, you've got to rest. You can put Mark 6.31 there. Mark 6.31. In Mark 6.31, the Bible says that the disciples of Jesus were busy and they did not even have time to eat. Mark 6.31. And Jesus says, come ye apart and do what? Rest. If you are resting, what are you doing? Come on, what, are, what do you think you're doing? You're sharpening your axe. Don't boast in walking that you don't eat. Hmm? At the end of the day, you destroy your body. And then whatever money you've gotten, you now use it to repair your health. People say that at the early stage of people's life, they spend all their energy getting wealth. At the, el- el- the later stage of their life, they spend all their wealth trying to get health. Learn to rest. Put off your phone and sleep properly. Get enough rest. You're sharpening your axe. You're getting physically fit to be effective. Praise the name of the Lord. Then socially, your relationships. Invest in your relationships. Quality relationships. You don't need to have too many friends. I mean, you can love everyone, be kind to everyone, but you don't need to have all the friends in the world. Invest in quality relationships. The friends that stick closer than a brother. Invest in friends that have the same value. He that works with the wise will be wise. But the association of fools will be destroyed. The companion of fools. So if you take time to choose your friends, what are you doing? You're sharpening your axe. Because you know that your friends are going to have effects in your life. Have you learned anything tonight? Alright, let's pray. Father, thank you. I ask Lord Jesus that you would help us by your spirit and by your grace. To sharpen our acts, to get effective in that which you've called us to do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Alright, let's uh, receive our offerings. If you're watching online, you're in any of our online services, um, on our comments page you're going to find our church accounting details. If you want to give an offering, we'll be glad to receive it. For those of us here, our tithes and our offerings, tithe envelopes are available. The ushers will help you with them. The account will be on the screen. Giving is part of our worship. Amen. Is giving part of our worship? Are we a generous church? Do we give generously? I didn't hear you. Do we give generously? Do we sow bountifully? Yes, we give generously and we sow bountifully.
Praise God. Alright, let's pray our offerings. Father, we thank you. We lift our offerings before you. And we just call them blessed. We release the spirit of prosperity and increase in our church. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.